0: Welcome to Dwight in Shining Armor, The Sunken Kingdom, the the behind-the-scenes podcast about everything Dwight. I'm Josh Breslow, and I play Jacopo. Today we're talking about season two, episode two, Unlucky in Love, written by David Drew Gallagher, directed by Frank Waldeck. Guest starring Daniel Bizzuti, Bonita Friderici, and Joy Regliano. As always, we have a blanket spoiler alert, so if you haven't yet watched Unlucky in Love, stop whatever you're doing, your well-rhymed love poems can wait, and watch Unlucky in Love either on BYUtv or at byutv.com slash Dwight. First, a quick recap. Dwight moves a tchotchke on a mantelpiece that turns out to be a Kofawalt, which curses him with bad luck. This is terrible timing, as his old crush is back in town and going on a date with him that very day. Greta must protect him from his bad luck on his date, while Baldric must find a way to break the curse. A lot of physical pain and hilarity ensues. Now that everyone's been brought up to date, let's get to our guests. I'm really excited because we have one of the episode's guest stars with us today, Joy Regliano, who plays Emily. Hi,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, happy to have you, Joy. And for the first time this season, on this very second episode, we have the talented and kind Joel McCrary, who plays Baldrick.
2: Yay, me! Yay, you! I am very kind. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I mean, yay! And I I feel less kind now.
0: (laughs) And we also have the very talented and also kind, (laughs) Sloan. Morgan Siegel who plays Dwight
3: hello I'm, ki- I'm kind of talented does, does that <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> that's what I, that's
0: what I meant to say that's what it was on the page I'm how did it come out just guide kind of. kind of. no'm I'm, I'm really excited everybody's here welcome back glad we're doing this oh, uh, I'm so
3: glad to be here
0: let's uh let's jump into the episode <clears throat> yeah yeah right. so so this starts out with us looking for the beckoning device, which is a really enjoyable thing. How many different ways did you do
2: the calling for the beckoning device, Joel? Well, uh, as I recall, I think it was only written that I called for it once. <laughs> But I just continued until somebody said cut, <laughs> which is my way. <laughs> and, and I have learned that from you. That is the rule. <laughs> do it until someone tells you not to. Yes. Said, yes, And I think a lot of the directors have learned that, too. And so just as soon, <laughs> sometimes before we've actually finished the written dialogue, uh, somebody yells cut because uh, <laughs> they know something's yeah. coming.
3: All the actors know, too. We always we're always like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going for five minutes of unscripted dialogue with Joel. Oh, that'll be great. <laughs>
0: So Nana comes in and informs us that Dwight's crush, Emily, is back in town, and she proceeds to recite a love poem, a very sad, pathetic love poem that Dwight wrote for Emily. Oh,
3: oh, wow. Thanks, Josh. (laughs) I appreciate it. I I didn't write it. No. (laughs) Sloan
0: would write a very, very scintillating love poem. I would
3: write sonnets galore. That's right. That's (laughs) right.
2: I I think we've pointed this out before that this is probably the character that's closest to who you actually are, Sloane. So I don't know that it would be that different.
3: (laughs) You know, you're not wrong. Well, let's say you're not right either.
2: (laughs) Let's listen to a clip.
1: Hey, Dwight. Did you know that Emily's back in town? Emily? Who's Emily? Uh, The little dolly Dwight's had a crush on for years. It's the sweetest thing.
3: I, I wouldn't say crush.
1: He used to follow her all around. We were
3: walking in the same direction.
1: He wrote her the most... Darling little poems. Poems? Want to hear my favorite? Oh. Do tell.
2: Yes, yes, indeed, yes.
1: Emily, Emily, why do you not notice me? I may not be tall, rich, or full of might. Oh,
2: no, he is not.
1: But I am still yours forever, Dwight.
2: You know that by heart, huh? Nicely rhymed, Sir Dwight.
0: Dwight is clearly embarrassed, and Baldrick is, like, loving his embarrassment.
2: What is it for Baldrick that he savors Dwight's humiliation so much? I think um, that's where Joel the actor and (laughs) Baldrick the character (laughs) intersect. (laughs) We both have such joy in other people's humiliation
3: <laughs> prefer it be Sloan's
2: uh, yeah so I I don't I, maybe I wasn't as in character as I should have been during that and maybe I was being a little more myself oh it's a funny it's <laughs> um, a funny moment though <laughs> but yeah I, I do think uh it is that's his form of entertainment you know uh, he comes from a time where they didn't have reality shows and this type of thing but it was you know your friend the people that you know being embarrassed and humiliated was the greatest form of entertainment so I think in his day and his time, it was like that's what you look forward to. Oh, yeah. But we have reality TV for that now.
3: <laughs> oh, it's prime time television, right
2: it there. Is, yeah. oh, man, and and who doesn't love that? Somebody being embarrassed because of a crush or a love or oh, yeah. or that type of thing. Because I mean,
3: everybody's it, been there. It's super relatable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so Joy, you get your first scene on this show not as a child, <laughs> and it's uh, it's when Dwight goes to say hi to you. Uh, what was it like? Uh, filming this first scene. Specifically, I'm curious about slipping into the tone of this show as a guest star on your first day. How was that for you?
1: Oh yeah, totally. You know, it was a little intimidating cuz you know, of course, you're a guest on somebody else's show. So like everyone is just like they're all friends and they're everyone's so friendly and everyone's so talented. So I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like I hope I live up to like the everyone else's like example." <laughs> you absolutely did. Oh my gosh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. It's such a funny show. Like when I got this, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, like this is great. Like I wish I had this kind of show when I was when I was growing up." So um <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just so fun and
0: is it the scene you auditioned with?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. This is one of the scenes I auditioned with. And the funny thing is, um, I was like, this. I had to like leave a rehearsal to go to this audition and I had to go back to another rehearsal. So it was just like a busy day. And so I like m- forgot a line in the audition. So it was that, that thing where I like said a line and then the casting director was staring at me. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, and they just kept going. And I realized later, I was like, I forgot a line. I was like, Well, I didn't get that, <laughs> didn't get that audition. And then, um, and then I did get it. I was like, Oh, how funny. Um, so yeah, I did. Kn- so then I was like, Okay, I got to know this scene. Since I <laughs> <laughs>
2: so did you then think? who are these idiots that don't realize I messed up
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh of course it's like oh my gosh I got away with it
2: (laughs) well since we have no writers in the room it's one of those things
0: that goes to show the lines at an audition aren't necessarily the most important thing it's when they know you're the person they're looking for you're the person they're looking for
1: yeah, oh. and it, it's a great tone too. Like you know, um, just like the magical realism of it, but then like it's so quirky and like so funny, and I think that kind of works with my kind of aesthetic. So hopefully, I was able to like kind of kind of get that because I just love already just love the tone and yeah.
3: Oh, oh you were you were amazing, to work with. <laughs> I mean, especially with 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 all the ridiculous stuff I had to do <laughs> in every single scene, and like I was I, I, when I when I read the script the first time, I was like, oh, this is this is a Sloan has to be funny episode, and uh, I'm not. <laughs> good at that. So I I was like I'm just going to be as crazy as possible and I I do not I don't think any of my crazy would have worked if you weren't so grounded in every scene. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for making it so that everything works because I w- without you being as grounded as you were, I think it just would have yeah, I was it, I would everything would have looked crazy. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, thanks for giving me something to react to. And it's so <laughs> funny that you you say that like maybe comedy is in your forte because I watch him like, "Wow, what a great like physically comedic actor." Like, wow, oh, thank that's you really inspiring.
3: <laughs> if you if you just make a buffoony yourself and do all of the the wrong things in your head, then it all comes out right. That's a
2: great lesson
3: for the kids out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh no, don't. So, speaking of
0: the buffoonery and all the physicality, I mean you. Step on a rake, you step on another rake, you
3: get peed on, you get hit by a ball. I step a on another rake. A bunch of times, you step on a rake again, a bird poops on you. Oh, the bird poop, that was fun. Mm-hmm. We had a guy on a ladder with a turkey baster with like ranch dressing in it. Yep. <laughs> Did it ever land in your mouth? Uh, no. That's good. No, but I think ranch dressing for me is the equivalent of bird poop, so ah, I'm very glad. Okay. But go but, on, I'm sorry. But or that, was, that
2: was another one that took a few takes because they couldn't get the, uh, uh, yeah. the aim of the bird poop quite right.
3: <laughs> or, or, the, <laughs> or the correct ranch glop of who yes
2: <laughs> so with all
0: that going on did you feel like this episode was specifically written to put you as an actor through your physical comedy paces
3: i i did i did i was i was i was very thankful when, when i when i read it and i was like oh they're giving me a chance to do something i'm really good at which is all the physical stuff um and And so I I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to be as crazy as possible. And with all the rakes and everything, that was that was a challenge. So were you getting hit
0: by actual tennis balls? I I was
3: getting hit by actual flying tennis balls at a (laughs) speed that could be considered painful.
2: (laughs) Um, I do love when people ask that about uh, not just this show, pretty much anything that you're on uh, when, you know, you get hit by a, a ball or this or that happens. And people are always like, now, how did they do
3: that? They – hit me with the <laughs> They threw that in my face. A turkey landed in my lap. I feel like they were like, oh, he he's good at physical comedy. Let's give him all, literally every, everything physical to do in one episode and see if he can do it. And and I, I after we filmed the episode, I was like, this is going to turn out terrible. I'm not excited to see this at all. And then I got to see it for the first time and I was like, oh, it's actually really funny and it worked out and everything. It's so funny. I mean, when you're in the scene and you, you feel like you're you're insane, I it, it's hard to tell how it's actually going to look, but yeah. I'm, I'm really, Really glad i think that's out.
0: when it looks good it's because you can't think you can't overthink it you're just yeah. doing yeah, the
3: actual things yeah
2: I and it. i think and it, correct me if i'm if i'm wrong if this wasn't the case for you but you get a script like that and you read it and you go oh this is great and it's funny and then you slowly dawns on you oh, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do it multiple times, <laughs> take after take after take of getting hit and stepping on a rake and being pooed on and beat on and getting, you know, wh- whatever, catching on fire and being wet. And you think about that, it's like, oh, this is going to be miserable.
3: Usually I'm like, oh boy, I get to do all these things. And usually it's on the day, we in the middle of doing it in the fifth take. And I'm like, can I? Can you stop shooting <laughs> balls at me, please? I think we yeah. got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But yeah, that happens sometimes. You too. look over, it's just Caitlin behind the machine Oh she's, she's offered money before to our stunt coordinator really? to be like hey can I can I throw the thing at him please can I, can I throw the thing and like I'll see her like waiting on the side I'm like I hope she doesn't do it and w- in one episode she does actually get to throw something at, at I think three different actors and she had fun with it
2: She does like to yes, throw she things at does. She likes to hurt us emotionally yes. and physically That's right That's right You Yeah you, you, you are the recipient of that as well Josh <laughs> Every now and then Alright so, so so um <laughs> But Caitlin's great. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm, oh. oh I have a quick question, just speaking yeah. of that kind of stuff for for joy. Uh, did you anticipate at all when that blue powder comes out that it was going to be the ordeal that it was?
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, d- I think when I read that, I was like, oh, f- cool. Kind of same thoughts. Like, oh, that'll be fun. And then a I was like, dust oh. in the face. It's oh, nothing. Wait.
2: And it turned into a huge, huge deal. And you had to sit there. I felt so bad <laughs> for you. Wait, tell me about that. Because I
0: was going to ask about that later. What was the oh, sure. blue powder experience like?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so um, it was like just a little bit at first. And they're like, that doesn't cover her enough. So then it became like they had to like put a bunch of it and it was like i did like try really hard not to breathe it in and then like showering later it was like oh like just like that there it is and <laughs> the top like every time i sneezed for the next few days i was like blue like stuff like that <laughs> well
2: and you didn't sit there for like two minutes with it on there you had that stuff on you for like hours
0: yeah yeah because we <laughs> really? did the
3: entire entire uh ritual scene which we'll, oh, yeah. which we'll get to we will oh, get to oh, the. Okay. i can
0: yeah. Um, well that is uh, you're a trooper like, ah, yes yes you, you are, you are you we are were all much,
3: worried about you <laughs> that's you're so very, sweet.
0: very much part of this cast that is a requirement
1: <laughs> the funny thing is um, my parents are immigrants so like I'm like you know like all I have to do is sit under this blue powder for a few hours and my parents had to like go to a country where they didn't know anybody and start over so I'm like alright I'm, I'm doing alright <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's nice. nice to have it's that perspective, really nice
2: perspective. <laughs> yeah. I love that I gotta remember that <laughs>
0: <laughs> so back to uh, Dwight getting pooped on that happens and and Greta realizes we need to do something about this. And it's a perfect A story B story. I
3: like how getting pooped on is the limit too. It's like it is. it's like, oh, you got pooped on. This is a curse. Yeah. yeah. Well it's, yeah. it's
0: actually it's not even. It's the second pooping that they go, that you go, oh yeah, this actually might be bad luck. The second pooping the, second Poop pooping. the sequel. That's right. <laughs> and, they, and, so, and there's this perfect A story B story split where Greta says, I'll protect Dwight on his date from the bad luck. You figure out what's happening. Oh.
3: <laughs> and, oh, I can't whistle. And
0: we get this, and we get this kids split from adults moment. So Baldric invites Hexla to the house, and we learn that you, Joel, look fantastic in red. Oh I, yes, I, you I, do. I, do. I,
2: I, I am a spring. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my color. I, I'm an autumn. I, you're I an know. autumn. You're fire. Who wears red? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's, but it's I am whatever that is.
0: <laughs> so you're wearing that. You've you've put on the nice clothes. Hexla comes over. And we see a shift in your relationship. You are openly flirting with each other. How did you work out the smoothness of the progression of this flirtation?
2: Uh, It really was in the script, I think, and also just uh, instinctually uh, working with Danielle. She's so good, so spot on. And our brains are usually kind of in the same place. And we, you know, we'll play the scene and... Sometimes we'll have a little discussion. It's like, well, I'm thinking maybe if we're, you know, this is what's going on or this is happening. And sometimes we don't. We just do it. And it's like, yeah, that works. That feels right. And this was one of those where it kind of she came in the door. The kids are not around. And it's the first time I think we're seeing them together without anybody else around. I don't think we've ever seen just the two of them. And so it was a moment of, oh, okay, we can show a little more of – who we are with each other for the first time. So I think the audience is seeing
3: that for the first time.
0: Yeah, it's really fun to watch. And I love... I love you wanting to flirt with her and then remembering
3: the task right. at hand over and over. It's just it's, so fun It's to so comically genius. Oh, uh, <laughs>
2: it, it, it was really really fun to shoot. I had a great time doing those scenes and Danielle, you know, when we get to that kind of stuff, it's you know just a delight to work with her as an actor. It is. It work.
0: feels like an old school comedy duo. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fantastic. As soon as
3: she gets the feather, I always forget. I'm like, what's she going to do with the feather? Oh, yeah, that's what she's doing with the feather. <laughs> oh, now he's getting. Oh, no, they're giggling. Oh, and like, I almost start giggling with you guys too because you're giggling, at me. <laughs> and then right. I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah." Sorry, we're, we're, yeah. I'm watching the episode. I'm not in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the tension
2: of the scene because it's at any moment Baldrick is ready just to throw the books away, <laughs> <laughs> forget Sir Dwight. I don't care. Let's make out. Yeah. You know, uh, but but he he stays focused, and that shows what a good friend he is to Sir Dwight. I think
3: Thanks. that's right.
2: Dwight doesn't even know. Doesn't know.
0: Doesn't. He
3: doesn't want to know. know. So, so,
0: so, <laughs> so back on the other date. Uh, Dwight and Emily are having a very well, Dwight's having a rough date with a very nice girl Uh, a rain cloud has only rained on him Uh, his menu catches on fire someone nearly drops a pie on him and someone almost dumps dishes all over him uh, do you remember how the restaurant stunts work? Was that a
3: whole... Oh, yeah, it was a whole thing. When someone writes into a script, you know, like, oh, and then the menu catches on fire, it seems really easy. And then all of a sudden you're on set and you're holding the menu and they tell you it's got a flammable material on it and you have to get it in the fire to light it on fire. And it's kind of awkward just to dip it in fire all of a sudden and the candle has to be, like, too far away from you. So then you have to find, like, a weird natural way for the menu to dip into the fire. I don't, It's so many, like, it, it seems really simple, but on the day, it's like, oh well, now now I gotta find a way to realistically get it over there. Um, and, and we found it eventually. But there's a couple of things like that, you know, just in any episode, mm-hmm. um, or, or like the whole shelf gag too. It's like, well, how do you back up into it and then have it fall on your head and all that stuff, and, and have it look like it wasn't all planned. Um, but yeah, but I think I think we all found a way to make all that work. Uh, the dishes thing now they were all like taped together or something to where there they was could... a rope
2: that ran through the middle of it. Oh. Yeah, oh. Cool. So you could move it and they would slide around that's so because smart. I, I kind of played with it and was looking at what yeah. props had done with it. Yeah. I, I remember like, that's
3: really cool. When I saw it for the first time, you walked over to me and it went to spill it on me. And, Whoa, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, I got gotcha, you. It's a rope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a cool, we have a cool props department. Um, yeah.
3: Oh, and the pie, uh, the pie was, was Caitlin's, Pie. She she leaped and they hit her multiple times with pies. And Caitlin Caitlin is always like ready to go all the way for the scene. She's like, you know what? Just do it. I, I got it. I can take the pie right to the face. And and she jumped and he threw it and it just right there. It was it was so perfect.
2: I watched that
0: shot
3: <laughs>
2: so many times. <clears throat> it was a great shot. I was dying laughing. But I was in Video Village when they were doing the pies and it was I think that was the third take. They had done two and they weren't hitting quite right. Uh And it was like the face, it, it was like, it's a little too hard for that. So they were like going, well, aim for the chest.
3: Oh, that's what it was. And yeah. And
2: so the third take, they're like, okay, well, just aim for like the chest because she's got on the armor and that'll be safe. And of course, that's the one that hit, kind of at the bottom of the face, neck area. But it looks great. It and looks great. That's the one great. they use. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, they, they 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 were aiming somewhere and it was not hitting quite right. And then the third take, they said, well, just aim for the chest. And then it like hit.
0: It's better because you wave. get to see her expression too, instead exactly. oh, yeah. yeah. of it being oh. covered by something yep. missing or flying by. Yeah. It's it's a moment. It, it, and then, of course, there's the song, which I don't know how anyone kept a straight face in that scene while you guys were watching her do that.
3: <laughs> I hardly could. <laughs> I, I, then again, I can hardly keep a straight face in any scene we all do. <laughs> um, but she, she was great. I, I don't know what was going through her head on how she prepared for that or what she did, but it was, it was brilliant.
2: But I know it's a... Uh, was a tune that she was taught. Uh, She had had a recording to learn to.
0: I think
3: the whole dance was her idea, though. Was it really? Uh, The yum, yum, yum. yum,
0: yum God, that's funny. There's a little moment in the scene where Dwight and Emily are going to order the same thing, the Tofutie Burger. And it struck me that Dwight is a bit on a date with, female Dwight in some ways they're <laughs> they're on the same level same energy they're both very game like Emily even though all this stuff is going wrong she's game to keep going which in my mind is exactly what Dwight would do if he was on a date with someone and that was happening to them but I thought it was really interesting that the is made in this episode that a potential good match for Dwight is someone similar when so much of this show is about the dissimilarities between him and Greta and I thought it put their relationship into relief so, at this point in the series, with a little more experience under his belt, do you think Dwight is more drawn to adventure
3: or is still more drawn to the familiar? I, I think dwight is is still more drawn to the familiar. i think I think he's he's always had a crush on Emily uh, forever, probably because they they are so similar and because they share so many uh, similar values and uh, so many uh, just just sort of the way they are. Um and I think that's what draws him to her a lot. But I think, Because Greta has come into his life and shaken his life up, she's kind of changed the way he perceives everything. So I think even for Dwight, even something so familiar can be kind of awkward. I think that the whole episode, I I think we achieved that awkwardness pretty well, especially in that last scene where we say goodbye. It it just kind of feels weird. It's like what what Dwight once thought was familiar uh, is now so different to him. Uh, And I think that in his mind internally, it, it doesn't really feel right. Mm. Because um, because he's been so used to the adventure for so long, so I think I think yes, I think he feels for Greta definitely. Uh, that, that's in my head. I don't know. It's in, I don't know if that's canon or not, but I think he definitely feels for Greta, and he doesn't know why, and he doesn't know why he doesn't feel as strongly for Emily anymore. But that's I think, really but well I think said. it's because his his yeah. life's changed up so much. Yeah. Well,
2: and I think that's tr- true, and, and as. Like when you look at these episodes, which seem like little fun stories, but you look at them, there's some really deep meaning. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff here. And the idea that you're drawn to what you know and what's familiar and what's easy, but then ultimately what you really want is something that's going to challenge you and complete you you know oh, okay. it's somebody that the yin and yang you know
3: you, you need ultimately. a love advice show joel <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is this this is not my love advice show welcome to love
0: advice with mr <laughs> Yes, i'm don't, sorry don't do what i've done <laughs> dr
2: mccrary <laughs> oh, there we my go. apologies there we go
0: um uh, so with all this screaming and physical stuff you have to do in this episode do you actually prepare differently for episodes like this how do you keep
3: your energy up you take know, to take that's I prepare more for stuff that doesn't have all the physicality in it. Yeah. I think I think it it works better if you if you don't prepare anything. I, that that's just me. Uh, I think whatever naturally feels right in the scene, I think the awkwardness is what makes the the scene funny and the, and what and what the character will kind of lean towards. So so I try not to plan anything and on the day like I had planned nothing. For the uh, ritual scene. Oh, I was gonna ask about that. Was that was all last minute. See, I was imagining yeah. you
0: hopping backwards, acting like an animal, up and down the hallway of the hotel. You know,
3: I would do that, but I'm more. I I do more <laughs> of my uh, m- more of the dramatic lines. I get. I'm usually screaming in the middle of the night. Uh, I I don't really. It's not that I don't prepare. It's that I try and leave it open to possibility. Um, and and the the way I I do most scenes is I'm always like, well, I'm gonna experience everything for the first time and see see how the character would do it. In the moment, uh, and that that was the fun part about that scene is it was like, wow, look at this really rich, fun, um, phys- physically comical scene that that I get to do, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see where it takes me. I'm gonna see where it goes. I, I knew I had to be a porcupine. I did practice the face, <laughs> practice the porcupine face.
2: Well, you YouTube that right? Look. Yeah. Up. Well, well, I, yeah, because I remember you're making the sounds, and it was kind of like, is that what a porcupine sounds like? And then I think you, you showed played me it the clip. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> well, you played the clip, and well, it was like that is what they sound yeah.
3: like. Yeah, I didn't think about it i i honestly forgot i i didn't i think about that until we were in the scene and before we did the scene before rehearsal i was like oh wait a minute i have to impersonate a porcupine i was like i was just thinking about the physicality of it i wasn't thinking about the actual sounds of a porcupine i right. was like what does a porcupine sound like so i went to our first ad ryan and i was like hey ryan uh, can i use your phone for a minute and he was like yeah and i was like i need to look up porcupine sounds he was like fair enough um <laughs> so so i looked up porcupine sounds and They do not at all sound like you think a a porcupine would sound, you think a porcupine would be like, you know, like some kind of rabbit noises or something, or maybe they'd sing the blues. You really, you don't know. (laughs) But uh, this is exact, this is it. Wait, sing the blues? Yeah. That's what you think of porcupine? Well, they They, never felt a touch. They're so soulful.
2: Oh, Oh, that's so sad. now I'm all sad. (laughs) 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 Welcome back to Love Lines with Dr.
3: McCrary. If you're feeling like a porcupine,
0: (laughs) please (laughs) call in. So after that, after the little hat is conjured, we go back, we put it on the Kofa Walt, let him know he's really big and everything is solved. And at the end, we get two great moments. Uh, Sloan, yours is first. Let's listen to another clip.
3: Thanks, guys for everything.
1: It was the least I could do for my
3: champion. Emily.
0: (gasps) Dwight's having a nice moment with Greta, thanking her for helping him, and they really hold a look together. The kind of look I don't think we've seen, maybe since the end of Shackled. We saw it for the first time at the end of Shackled, and we saw it a little bit at the end of Champion Do-Over Part 2 but my favorite part about it is it's while Dwight is staring into Greta's eyes, he remembers Emily. And I wonder, does he remember Emily because he's having a romantic moment and remembers, Oh, I'm supposed to be having a romantic moment on a date with this girl. Is that how that's going?
3: That that was pretty much exactly what I was thinking. I was like, I I, I was looking at her and I, I like, I felt this love inside. And then I was like, Oh wait a minute! We're, that that's not supposed to be here. I gotta go over there. Um, yeah, yeah. It was it was very much that. It was very much like like oh, I'm sharing a wonderful moment. Um, but I almost there's a little bit more to it. I almost felt guilty mm. for sharing a moment because number one, I'm 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 very coy about the whole uh, Greta Dwight relationship when it comes to the feelings. Uh, I'm always like I'm always trying to avoid it or. Uh, you know, when it, when it when it goes a moment too far, it's like uh, I have to, a little thing over here. I gotta go do. Um, but I I, I, I was feeling a bit guilty because I was like, oh wait, I'm on this date with this whole other person. I that is a great distraction to not think about this thing right here in front of me. I'm gonna go deal with that. Uh, and that's that was his way. That was his out and his like way of catching himself. I love that. And his way it, of dealing with, th- of course, the other date. But, of yeah. course, it, it
0: reads. All of that is so clear, and you you're not overplaying it by any stretch. You're just a very good actor, and that it's it's clear Thank it comes through, much. and I love that moment. My
3: mom would love to hear that. <laughs>
0: Joel, yours is the next moment. <laughs> Let's listen to another clip.
2: Something amiss, Highness.
0: No. Nothing, Baldrick. Just keeping an eye out for invaders.
1: You can never be too vigilant.
2: Vigilant,
0: indeed. You catch Greta spying on Dwight, and it's so Mm -hmm. clear in your face that you realize she's experiencing a crush for the first time. Aside from Todd, which was not a crush. That was a manic obsession. Um, What was it like for you filming this fatherly scene and ending with that line, the stay vigilant,
2: indeed? Well... Those are some of my favorite scenes that we get to do when we go to those heartfelt fatherly moments between Baldrick and Greta and sometimes Baldrick and and, uh, Dwight as well. Um, So there's a lot of these little fatherly moments that happen. And they really are – I mean, I love doing the comedy, the -the over-the-top stuff. But then this is such a great – moment. I think they're so important for us to care about these characters and know that they're more than just, you know, bombastic. He's not just a bombastic wizard marching around the town yelling at people. And laughing I mean, at he, embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and enjoying the embarrassment of Sir to White. Uh, but there's more there, that there is a heart there, that he cares for this. And He's in a world that expresses that, but he comes from a world that doesn't. And so this is all very new to him, this idea of expressing it and showing those emotions, which in this episode, we're not there yet. He's not showing it yet, but we're sensing it. And he's becoming at least self-aware of that and to observe that with, you know, this is basically his little girl and she's growing up and it's her first crush. And so it's like, okay, this may be nothing. It might be something, but it's that first love. And again, you go back to your first love talking about that in my mind is what Hexla is for Baldrick. And now I see that for her, that's going to be Sir Dwight. And so there's a lot of meaning there. And I love that the words don't necessarily match the feeling. And so for him to say those and to go out on that, but see something different in the eyes, it's just a beautiful way of uh, expressing that. And I love those kinds of scenes.
3: Me too. Uh, it's a great wrap to the episode. Also, I, every time I see that scene, I, I just I, I, I say out loud, I, I love Joel. Just because <laughs> you, you do bring so much heart to every, every moment like that. And like I'm getting te- I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it because um, I'm, thought it was just your I'm allergies. S- <laughs> so emotional. Yes, I'm allergic to my feelings towards you, <laughs> <these
2: old. laughs> Joel. But um, a lot
3: of people are. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's you, you. You do you. You have this wonderful fatherly love that you bring and um, in every scene like that it's like every, just that just one line to one line one look and and everyone's hearts are just like oh no the floodgates they've opened the dam we're losing fluid right. um, but yeah
2: well it's I appreciate that thank you very much uh, but it really is kind of easy on the show because there is a lot of that feeling you know for for you Sloan and and Caitlin for sure and really everybody on the cast I think we all love each other a lot and like working together and mm-hmm. like each other and we really are a family so when we come to those points it's kind of easy to find
3: absolutely you
2: know? so and that's a testament to the people I'm working with
3: they sound awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they all are except for one. Oh, yeah, I know him. Oh, oh that guy. I'm right. I'm right here. You're right. <laughs> here. Right. Right here. We know. And you finally are getting the hint. I'll go. I'll go now. <laughs> That'll
0: wrap us up for Ooh. season two, episode two of Dwight in Shining Armor The Sunken Kingdom, the behind the scenes podcast about everything, Dwight. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Sloan. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Thank you, for you listening. Josh. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. On Instagram, you can follow Joy at Joy Rugliano. You can follow Sloan at Sloan Siegel. You can follow Joel at McCrary underscore Joel. And you can follow me at TheJoshBreslow. Tune in again next week for Season 2, Episode 3, All Hail the Woodchuck. I'm Josh Breslow. Thanks for listening. Go on an adventure today. It might change your life.